Hello and welcome to the History Show on Near FM. My name is Cahill Brennan and on today's show we're very pleased to be joined by Alex O'Faley. Alex is a graduate of Trinity College Dublin and the University of Edinburgh. In this episode we will be talking about Irish radicalism in Scotland. Alex, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Now, first off, I'd like to ask you about a term used by James Conley, Celtic communism. What's that term mean to you? To me, it means slightly different to what Conley meant. Conley meant in the general sense that uh, Irish people, because of their past, uh, the Celtic past, which he believed to be communistic, or at the very least communalistic, that uh, Irish people had a predisposition to be socialistic or radical in some way. Uh, He believed that this was across the board and that um, he gave several evidences of this in terms of the land war and the 1913 strike and lockout. To me, it means something uh, far more complicated. It's far more complicated to me uh, in its meaning. To me, it's something which can be proven to have existed in a given time in Irish and and Scottish history, um, in particular in the case of Scottish history within the Irish community. To me, it began in much like Connolly's... um, interpretation that it was a a culture of uh, remembrance of a egalitarian past however we can now prove that the egalitarian past the the celtic communism uh, communalistic past did not exist there was or at least not uh, in the record we have rather there was in fact a very strict hierarchy within gaelic culture that which increased uh, in form as uh, feudalism was uh, melded with the pre-existing um, Gaelic society, and that by the time of the dispossessions of uh, Cromwell, uh, Irish society was very hierarchical, and property was, if not officially private, basically private. So at least in origin, or at least in, in fact, people looked back, they did look back to a time when there was supposedly more egalitarianism, or more of an equality between classes, if there is such, there, there were if there was such a thing as class at the time. However, in fact, uh, we, we can now prove that this didn't exist. So therefore, what is, in my interpretation, uh, Celtic communism? The history, the record seems to suggest that in particular in the south of Ulster, along the borders of communities between the Catholic and the Protestant community, there grew up within the Catholic community uh, a radicalized agrarian community that was led in the, la- in the latter stages of the 1790s by the United Irishmen. The most prominent name of this grouping uh, has been called the Defenders, um, which is, uh, for most anyone who knows anything about uh, agrarian societies, it's one of the many names people associate with, uh, like the White Boys or the uh, People Day Boys were uh, Protestant, but again, another agrarian, uh, agrarian terrorist group, if you want to call it that, as well as the Oak Boys and the uh, later on the Ribbon Men. Uh, however, the the thing that was different about the, the defenders was that, as opposed to the the other groups within, at least within the Catholic community throughout Ireland, they didn't have as powerful a native ruling group. Uh, the ruling group had been, for the most part, dispossessed, and unlike the rest of Ireland, uh, where ruling elites in, say, Kerry or in other parts of Munster, remained powerful within uh, the role of a middleman. Within the south of Ulster and various other parts as well, they'd been reduced to, say, the state of a, a publican or a, a just another tenant. Now, while they were prominent families, they no longer had the power or authority to control and promote deference from their from the other tenants who had formerly been their tenants. 
So there grew up a radicalism amongst the people. Obviously, the rest of, at the time, there was uh, quite a lot of uh, support for uh, the ideas, uh, the Jacobin ideas, which were to remove Protestant influence and population completely from Ireland and make them, you know, like slaves to the Catholics. It was kind of like a revenge mentality. This was most promulgated by the ruling elites, the, the former ruling elites, who were now middlemen in the other parts of Ireland, uh, primarily to, because they wanted to regain their land, obviously. But within South Ulster, a, a, a particular situation emerged where the actual people, the people themselves, who had never owned land in the sense of their, their, their former rulers, started propagating these ideas because they were the only groups there at the time. This uh, obviously created quite a, a scenario, quite an odd scenario of radicalism and yet conservatism at the same time. Now, by the middle of the 1790s, 1795, 1796, this is where the United Irishmen emerge and come into the scenario. Uh, they had obviously been trying to radicalize the population. They'd had most success with the uh, Presbyterians, which is a different story altogether and uh, equally interesting. And hopefully I'll touch on that somewhat in the book. But uh, they were looking for allies. And they saw a ready and large force of allies in the Defenders movement, which had grown quite significantly, probably around 60,000 at that point, uh, if not more. And there was, uh, there was an open door. There was, there was no ruling group controlling the Defenders. There was no one telling them to go this way or that, going, telling them what direction to go. So they were quite easily made contact with some of the most noted uh, members of the Defender movement, who, uh, as it happened, actually probably were former, their ancestors would have been uh, Gaelic chiefs such as the Teelings and the um, McGuinnesses. The contacts were made, and it was quite, actually quite an easy process of radicalization to convert them to ideas from, from Jacobite ideas to Jacobin ideas, uh, the ideas of a republic and the Enlightenment. And within a very short amount of time, it would seem that most of the Defender movement was signed up to the United Irish movement. And what, it, what is then shown in, uh, the, obviously, the subsequent 1798 is that they were quite, uh, quite heavily involved in South Ulster in the battles of um, Armagh and other uh, Ballina Hinch, uh, to name a few. And within the United Irish movement, there was themselves theorists such as Arthur O'Connor, who had ideas of land nationalisation or land um, communalisation, either land being owned and run communally. And this fit in perfectly with the ideas of the defenders who wanted to level the land, literally, which is an old English saying for basically creating a society without classes, without uh, land ownership. Um, so these things fused. And in my opinion, that was the emergence of uh, Celtic communism, or at least Celtic communalism. Uh, whatever Connolly believed it was, that's where it began, in my mind. 